This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia ora everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on RFM for my podcast and radio show, The Arenality. So, The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being in Aotearoa. So, this episode is a special episode because it is episode 20 and I've been counting, um, because this is a new show, I've been counting it by like every 10 episodes is something to celebrate. Um especially because I really love what I do. I get to meet all these inspiring multicultural women who are doing such amazing things for the community. And I get to celebrate that by sharing their stories on uh, this radio show and podcast. So I hope you've been enjoying the originality so far because I have can't imagine all the love and support I've been receiving throughout this few months uh, with the Arenality. It's never something I thought I would do, but I did it. And it's funny how, you know, life, you just don't know where you could go. And suddenly you're there and you're wondering, wow, I wish I knew that. <laughs> um, okay, so this episode will be just me. Um, so usually at every 10 episode, we will have uh, an episode about Arena Reflex. So um, on the 10th episode, I reflected a lot about um, about the situation I was having during that time. And during that time, it was about slowing down in life, um, reassessing your priorities. So if you haven't heard that episode, you can totally um, find it on the podcast link on my website, uh, as well as other podcast platforms. But yeah, let's talk about episode 20. So episode 20 is going to be called Arena Reflects on Turning 22 because I just had my birthday on the 13th of June and I'm really happy after birthdays because it usually feels like a newborn. I feel like a newborn after each birthday because it's just really fresh and like on my birthday I would remind myself of all the growth that I've experienced throughout the year and I would also make uh, journaling prompts about what I learned throughout this year and also I would read my journal from last year and see how much how much of my mentality and my values have changed and how much I've grown as well and I don't know if you did it on your birthday but I highly recommend that you do because it really you can really see the growth and even even with like a month I can see myself growing and um, a year is definitely something huge right you really change throughout one year of your life yeah, so talking about my birthday, so I turned 22 this year. Uh, it's very special, um, not because of the Taylor Swift song 22. I 
I forgot to use that song. Oh my god, my friends were so <laughs> mad at me. They were like, "Oh my god, you had one chance to use that birthday song, but you didn't." And it's totally my fault. I to- I really forgot that I had that song to use, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, hopefully, there's another song in the future about birthdays which I can use. <laughs> But yeah, so this birthday I tried something new. I wanted to do a fundraiser for my birthday, so I chose the World Vision Forty Hour Famine, and this year all the funds are going to the children of Sub-Saharan Africa. So I did do the Forty Hour Famine fundraising two years ago, in two thousand nineteen. That was a group group project. Me and my friends did it together. We did a bake sale during Ramadan, which is the Muslim month for fasting. I think we achieved around three hundred dollars, and I'm really proud of our team because we, like, none of us—well, not one of us. One of us, only one of us, had actual baking skills, and the. Other two, which includes me, um, we we don't know anything about baking. We only had to follow what she told us to do. But yeah, we we managed to do a whole bake sale and sold stuff at the mosque, and all the um and everything, all the profits are given to the forty hour famine, which we're very thankful for because we know that you know the money is serving good. Um, but enough about <laughs> two years ago. So this year, all the funds are going to the children of sub-Saharan Africa. And if you don't know about forty hour famine, forty hour famine is like a challenge uh, to live without something you rely on for forty hours, such as, um, for example, transport, furniture, technology, or food. So you get to experience life without one of your necessities, because there are children in Africa who don't have basic necessities in life. So when we do that, we would raise funds for the cause, but at the same time, we would. Teach ourselves what it would be like to have no basic necessities in life, and yeah, it's it's a really good cause to take part in, and I'm really glad I did that for my birthday. As for me, I haven't chosen what I want to give up yet, and it's the forty hour famine weekend is on the twenty fifth of June. So I do have some time to think about that, and I'll probably get back to you after I've done that. But yeah, forty forty hour famine on my birthday, I started with a one thousand dollar goal, which for me was quite crazy enough because I'm an individual, just myself doing it. Because、uh, even with our group one, we started with two hundred dollars because we didn't know how much we could get, how much support we could get. But I'm really glad that I started my fundraising over Ramadan. So if you don't know, Ramadan is a month for charity for Muslims. So 
it, there was a lot of support during that time, and also a lot of support after that um, for my birthday near near my birthday month. So I started with a one thousand dollar goal, and now ended up with one thousand six hundred and fifty five dollars, which is crazy. So I've increased my goal to two thousand. It's it's crazy to think about because I didn't know that we could achieve that much. Uh, because I didn't do so much promotions outside the community. Well, I did use social media for that. So yeah, just plugging that in. Social media is such a good way to promote the things you do because we need more content about positivity and things that actually matter in this world and promoting about fundraising or causes like that is really important so that you know, when if I see people flooding things around causes which are actually important on my timeline, it actually helps me to feel more human than thinking about things that's going to profit me. I think you understand what I mean. But yeah, if you want to donate for my 40-hour famine fundraising page, you can do it. You can find my Instagram page at Arina Aizal, A-R-I-N-A-A-I-Z-A-L. So I put the link on my bio so you can click on it and you can donate as much as you want or as little as you want. I'm happy with anything. Um, thank you. Um, okay, so, so I've talked about 40-hour famine and I do want to talk about birthday goals. Um, usually I would have, I would reflect on the year and think about what I should focus on. And for me this year, it is my physical health. If you know me, I don't have any sports that I like do or can do. I've always been well, I, I can dance, and that for me, dance is fitness, but it's not like a group thing. It's not something that like involves the community. That's just something I do personally in my room. <laughs> but so, which is why this year I want to focus on my physical health. And yeah, so I had to think about what is lacking in my life and how did I think about that? I recently went to the Asia New Zealand Foundation Wellbeing Hui uh, in Auckland a month ago. It was a really good chance for me to think about as a leader, how am I taking care of my well-being so that I can support others to help with their well-being, if that makes sense. So I came back from the Wellbeing Hui thinking about what are the things I can improve in my life? And um, for me, it would be the physical side of things. So one of my biggest take-homes from the well-being hui is the Te Whare Tapafa model for understanding Maori health. So Te Whare Tapafa, for those of you who don't know, because I do have international listeners out there, it is a model to understand Maori health by looking at the four walls of your house. So I can totally relate to the values of the Maori culture being Asian because I do look look at like spirituality and health as well. It's not just like purely physical. Just to explain what Te Whare Tapafa is, 
So uh, imagine a house with four walls, so like two walls on the sides and like the roof on the top. So if you have strong foundations and four equal sides, the house will be strong. So the house meaning your uh, physical health or well-being. Uh, so like health in general. So if, for example, one of the sides of the house, one of the walls of the house is damaged, a person would be unbalanced or unwell. Cause, and if um, someone is sick or unwell or like they're not feeling good mentally or well in, their, in terms of their well-being, because you don't need to have physical symptoms to say that you're unwell. You can look at which wall is missing, which wall are you lacking at? And so that's how I thought that, okay, I have to work on my physical health because apparently that's something that I am lacking of. So I'll briefly mention about all the walls that exist in Tefari Tafafa. Uh, and before I do that, I would like to apologize if my pronunciation is wrong. Uh, I'm still learning Terio, but I'll try my best. So, so the first wall is uh, physical health, which is Taha Tinana. So physical health is about uh, physical growth, you know, and development. So understanding that your physical being would support and shelter us from the external environment. So understanding that, you know, you, your body is the medium which which holds all your all your different selves, like your spiritual self, or, you know, your spirit and everything inside you, your mind. So taking care of your physical health is very important. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is spiritual health. Uh, so the Maori word is taha wairua. So spiritual health is about faith and um, communication for unseen and unspoken energy. So as a Muslim, I do have a spiritual understanding of, you know, believing on things that you can't see, that knowing that there is a bigger thing out there in the world. So yeah, I think spiritual health is important to understand where you belong in the world, understanding that, um, you know, who we are, our boundaries, you know, we can't do everything because we are human, but also we can do stuff because we are human. So I think spiritual health is also very important to your well-being in general. The third one is Taha Fanau, which is family health. And I do understand that the Maori culture is very strong on like community, family, uh, blood. And that goes the same with um, some Asian cultures as well. And especially being Malaysian, that is very important for me too. So understanding that, you know, we're not just one person. We are also related to people around us. For example, I am a sister to my siblings. I am a daughter to my parents. I'm a granddaughter to my great-grandparents, to my grandparents. Um, I am also a friend to my friends. I'm also a person in the community. So knowing that you're not alone and isolated is very important for your well-being. And I think even for Maori, knowing your ancestors is very important. So you know where you came from, you know, um, and there are 
、uh, intergenerational trauma that exists. So if you want to look at what's happening to you now, look at if this has happened to any of your relatives, and I think that's very important as well because usually even. Like in science, you know, genes you would have things from、uh, your ancestors, you know, that that has never come up during、uh, with your parents or grandparents. Maybe it was like five generations ago, but you got that gene, you know, stuff like that. I think it's very important to get to know where you came from,、um, who you came from, what are the kinds of people you were around with. So yeah, that's family health. Last one is Taha Hinengaro,、uh, which is mental health, and I think this is something I am very focused on. I focus a lot on my mental health、um, and like emotional health. Like I think I'm very good at like. Verbally communicating how I'm feeling, I know when to get help if I need to get help. I have a therapist. You know, it is very important to think about that、uh, our mind and body are inseparable, but at the same time they do affect each other. But yeah, so that's so that is the Tefare Tafafa walls, and I hope you learn. Uh, a bit about it from me, and if you're interested, you can definitely do more research. Especially people living outside New Zealand, you know, this is probably something you wouldn't hear if you're in your community. Because, but this is something we do practice in、um, New Zealand. Yeah, I, I think there is so much beauty in the Maori culture that we should use in our lives、um, to improve our lives and. That is Tefari Tapafa.、Uh, what else do I want to talk about today? I do want to talk about something that happened to me、uh, a few weeks ago. So let's talk about healing your inner child. I'm not sure if people know about this, but healing your inner child is about focusing and on. Covering and releasing the causes of your childhood aspects of your personality, so you can react to your challenges in your adult adult life better as an adult rather than as a kid. So there might be like childhood trauma that you experience, and sometimes、uh, when you are triggered as an adult. For something that happened like many years ago, you feel like you you're reacting as a kid when actually you are in a twenty two year old body, and and this is definitely has happened to me before. So I did something really really stupid. <laughs> I found the password for my old social media accounts when I was fourteen to sixteen year old, and I read her messages. I okay. What's funny is that I use her, even though that person was me, because、um, it's as if she was someone else. And I read her messages, how she speaks, how she talks to her friends, and I just there were there were a lot of like hard things I had to read, and I I'm really I regretted reading. Of course, you shouldn't like dwell on the past, but、um, I think I felt. Guilty for not being with her during that time, which is funny because I am her. <laughs> But、um, you know, I think I'm not sure. How would you feel if you look at your high school self? What would be the first thing you think about? I think a lot about 
times when she needed support and she didn't have someone to be with her during that time. And it's crazy. As crazy as it sounds, I feel like I want to hug her and tell her she's doing okay, even though she doesn't exist anymore because she's me. Um, but, but yeah, it's very interesting how, how I would think I would feel that way to my younger self. And I started reading a lot more about that. And I found Rupi Kaur's um, TED Talk. Uh, if you search on YouTube, I'm taking my body back. It's really good. So it's about being kinder to your old self. Um, so a gist of it was like, so um, she goes inside her body, meets her five-year-old self, her 10-year-old self, 15-year-old self, asks them to sit with her, and she tells them, you belong in this body, I love you. And I think that's so beautiful. I think that, you know, there's a lot of times where we're not kind to our younger selves Maybe because we did something stupid and we wish we didn't do that and that thing affects your life today. But, you know, there's nothing they could do during that time. They didn't have the knowledge you have today. So, yeah, I, I think I've been thinking a lot about her, her meaning me. Um, and it's really interesting to think about. You know, I, I think... This year, I want to focus on that as well. Focus on like healing my younger self, making sure that you know she's doing well. Because I know that she's inside me somewhere. Because I know that you do have inner child inside you, and sometimes it reappears and it goes away. Yeah, but if you have something similar to what I'm feeling, it would really help if you tell me to feel like I'm not alone because this is quite hard for me to share as well. But yeah, I think this is a good... So yeah, so just recap, we talked about what I did during my birthday, my goal on being 22, focusing on physical health. I covered the Tefari Tapafa and I also talked about... Um, healing my inner child. All right, so I think this is a good time to end the show. And, you know, I can't believe it's been 20 episodes of the Arenality because I'm remembering how it started in February, episode one. It was my story. And if I hear that podcast again, I think I've grown a lot from that podcast as well. Like if I hear it now, it doesn't sound like something I'm going through anymore, uh, which is funny, which is why at every 10 episodes, I would have Irina Reflects as a chance for me to be here, talk to all of you. And in a way, this is sort of like my way of journaling as well but like publicly journaling my thoughts and my experiences throughout the year i think it'll be a good chance to recap episode 11 to 19 so episode 11 was Hannah's story. So she is an Irish New Zealander, passionate about henna and poetry. And we also talked about body image. That one's a really good one. Next one was episode 12, which is Ari's story. So Ari is a Samoan. So we talked about challenges as a medical student, values, cultural differences. Yeah, 
episode 13 was Ranmali's story. So she is a Sri Lankan student passionate about teaching Kandyan dance to children. So she really loves children. Um, episode 14 was Rawa's story. So she is a Palestinian talking about life in Palestine and her passion for football. So if you don't know what's been happening in Palestine, that is a good podcast to start with. But then you still have to make research about what's actually happening right now. Episode 15 was Stella's story. So Stella is a Bosnian mother raising third culture kids and has a personal development blog. Episode 16 was Jayushka's story, a Fijian Indian, about history of Fijian Indians and her passion for music. And then episode 17 was Sumin's story. So Sumin is a Korean New Zealander in Christchurch and we talked about Asian mental health. So I really enjoyed that one because it was filmed outside the studio. Episode 18 was Hagino's story. So Hagino is from Japan. She works at Volunteer South, but is also a yoga instructor and forest therapy guide. Episode 19 was Natalie's story. So Natalie is my classmate from the Korean Society. She's a Chinese-Indonesian university graduate, passionate about educating children on mental health. And if you love K-pop as we do, we did talk about K-pop a bit as well. So that's really fun and interesting. So yeah, as you can see, we have a lot of diverse and inspiring women on the Arenality and I'm really glad I meet these women because like even as the host I can feel my growth like I learned so much things I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at aizalarina at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can follow me on my Instagram at arinaaiza. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.